Welcome everybody uh, this morning. So excited to be back with you in 2021. And as you can see, we are back online. As you all know, we are in the thick of this pandemic and it's just really crucial that we um, follow the government guidelines and we do our best uh, to yeah, see everyone through this really, really tough time. I hope you guys managed to get some rest this holiday season. I know for us it was a strange holiday, one like we've never experienced before. Uh, just kind of so disrupted, up and down, but kind of, I guess, in line with what exactly what 2020 was like. What else did we expect? Uh, we did get some rest and we found it to be quite a rejuvenating time. Perhaps actually one of our better ones we've ever had, which was really great and just ready to get rearing and going in 2021. Uh, that being said, we are still in the grip of this pandemic, right? Um, and it's been tough. Uh, there's so much uncertainty, suffering, uh, struggling, challenges, and it's almost like living in this state has become our normal. We live in this kind of space that is just so unnatural almost, and it's not sustainable in the long term. And so I thought in the light of where we find ourselves in this pandemic at the start of a new year, what better way to get started than by just lifting our eyes a little bit, by looking forward and by looking up. And so we're starting this morning and I'll continue it again next week, a two-part little mini-series and I've entitled it The World's Toughest Race. And I'm going to be using, as you might have guessed, if you know, uh, the world's toughest race from Amazon Prime uh, looks at the Eco Challenge. I'm going to be using the adventure race analogy right through uh, these two, uh, this two-part series as we explore how we take on uh, the race of life, the race of faith this coming year. And you'll see uh, the surroundings, the settings are appropriate, right? We've got our gear that we need for an amazing ra uh, adventure race. We've got a bicycle, a backpack, a stand-up paddleboard. I'm dressed. I've got my cap for the sun, my sunnies, uh, running t-shirt, running shorts I've got on. I've even got my running tackies. I'm ready uh, to take on the race, the world's toughest race this year. And we stand uh, right now, each of us, at the starting line of this race. As you look up this morning, uh, down that race course that is set before us, 2021, what is going on in your heart and in your mind? What do you see before you this year? Perhaps it's uncertainty of what's to come. Perhaps there's new ventures, new ideas, new relationships to come. Perhaps there's just a whole lot of unknown. As we look to this year, what are you feeling? Maybe there's some anxiety or fear which is so prevalent around us. Maybe there's excitement in your heart. Maybe there's an expectation of something to come. Where do you stand as you look down the race course of this year? Where are you hoping this year will lead to? Are you hoping there might be some better relationships, uh, some healing in some relationships that you have? Are you hoping you will uh, get to manage and steward your finances better? Are you hoping that you will be able to start a new venture? Are you hoping you'll be able to engage in some studies? What are you hoping for this year? Where are you hoping this year, 2021, will lead you? What does the race look like for you this year? And so I took, took some time last week, uh, got away a little bit just on my own. That's gold for me, just to be able to think and hear and listen well. 
And uh, so as I took some time to just think and pray and plan for the year ahead, a practice I do every year and it's just so life-giving, would encourage it for anyone and everyone. Um, This unusual note of gratitude uh, came up in my mind as I was doing this. And it was a a gratefulness that my brother during the holidays had um, encouraged uh, my wife and I, Jen, to watch this show on Amazon Prime called The World's Toughest Race, hence the title of our sermon series. Uh, And it's about the eco-challenge. And so you might have no clue what that is, and let me explain a little bit. Here are some pictures to show you. You can see the guys taking part in this race. Uh, So what is it? It's an adventure race. Um, Some people call it an expedition race. Uh, It involves navigating a course through the countryside in a certain country by various means. Some stand-up paddle boarding, some canoeing across the the ocean, some mountain biking through deep mud, uh, some swimming, some rappelling up ropes and down ropes and uh, all sorts. Um, It's 11 days long and it is just brutal, unending. There's hardly any sleep the guys have. The conditions change all the time from rain to freezing to hot as as anything, Um, so unpredictable. Um, And sometimes they're down canoeing on the ocean and sometimes they're 1,500 meters up swimming in freezing cold water. It really is an intensely physical, emotional, uh, draining experience. And so as we're watching this uh, eco-challenge, the uh, world's toughest race uh, show, I kept turning to my wife and to Jen and just saying, babes, I can't believe that these people willing to, willingly choose to participate in a race like this. It is craziness. Uh, and I thought to myself, this must be the toughest race on earth. It's appropriately titled. And then kind of as the shows went on, I just thought to myself as I reflected a little bit, took it maybe one uh, step, step a little bit deeper, Actually, you know what? It's not the toughest race on earth. And do you know why? Because actually, we all participate in a different kind of race every single day of our lives. We don't even choose to enter, but we participate in it, and it's way tougher. It's way longer. It's unpredictable. And as you've guessed it, that is the race of life that we all participate in. And so here's the news flash for me and for all of us this morning. We are busy partaking in the toughest race on earth, our lives. And so with that thought in mind, some similarities came through from the Eco Challenge Adventure Race that I think would be really helpful for us to look at and investigate a bit further as we navigate this year ahead of us. Life and our faith, in, if you're a Christ follower and following Jesus, is very much like a journey. It's like an adventure race. And not just a marathon where we just run. It's like an adventure race. Different obstacles, up, down, different conditions. Not quite sure what to expect. Uh, tough as anything, long and ongoing. And so... Um, as I'm saying this, I'm not only saying this because we uh, watched this show, but uh, I had the privilege in grade 10 at the high school I was part of to go away on an adventure race type thing and do it with five of my classmates uh, over a period of, I think, seven days. And it was just amazing. It was tough. It was hectic. Uh, but it was really fun. And it was great friendship building. 
And I was just reminiscing a little bit on that time as I was watching this uh, Eco Challenge show. And just bear with me as I share just one really fun little moment that happened um, on my kind of adventure course type thing uh, that I'll never forget. And it just makes me laugh every time. We were, had been hiking for about four days and doing different obstacles. And we're sitting under the Maltese Cross. If you know the Cedarburg, you'll know where that is in the shade. And my Zambian friend, who is one of my teammates, he whips out his bag of biltong, which he just loved. And he looks at the packaging, and as he looks down, he notices a sticker on it. And on that sticker are printed these four letters, B-E-E-S. Uh, now, being from Zambia, his Afrikaans is not the sharpest. And uh, he pipes up, he says, hey guys, I wonder how on earth they could make such good biltong from bees. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that, and it still makes me laugh. Anyway, back to the world's toughest race, the toughest race on earth. Here are the four essentials that I noticed from that race as we were watching that any team competing in the Eco Challenge needed to get across the finish line successfully. Here they are. It's a clear vision, support from others, a map to direct and guide them, and resources to get them through vital resources like water and so on. And so this medal here represents the first one, a vision. The finish line was that vision that kept them going. No matter how they were doing, broken ribs, heat stroke, suffering, not wanting to carry on that finish line ahead of them just kept them going. And even for some of them, it was more than the finish line. It was like a personal growth experience where they had had some tragedy in their life. And now they were almost using this race to process that perhaps a father had died or something. For some of them, it was like a family bonding experience. There were some uh, the teams of four and some of them, all of them were made up of a family or a, a father and a son or a, a father and a daughter, whatever it is. And they had this, their goal, uh, their vision was just to grow the strength of their relationships. And so all of the teams had a clear vision. Secondly, they had support. They had the support of the team around them, their support of the support base team when they'd get to camps that could come and refresh them and refill them and give them new resources, etc. And they had the guys around them. Some of them would even take out little pictures that they'd printed of their family and look at them and that would give them some extra strength and fortitude to continue uh, in the race. And this ring here, my marriage ring, is a symbol of the support that we need to get through the race of life together. I do it with my teammate, my wife. That's part, she's part of my team. That we team together to support one another as we go through this life. And so they needed support, these eco-challenge warriors. Thirdly, and also super importantly, they needed a map to guide them along the way, to get them to that end goal, to get them to the next checkpoint, the next checkpoint, to the next camp, etc., all the way through those 11 days so they could finally get to where they were aiming at, the finish line, successfully, without costing themselves energy and time and wasted misdirections and asking others for directions to know they had to use a map and entrust one of their teammates to guide them through with the map. And then lastly, they had resources, and this water bottle represents. They could never have made it without clean drinking water, as well as a few other vital essentials, the right kind of clothing, the right kind of equipment to do the challenges that they had to partake in, and all sorts of stuff that they needed to survive, not just to survive, but to be able to complete the race successfully and well. And so with all these things in mind from that eco-challenge, let's take a look at the writings in the Bible uh, from a guy called Paul. This is some ancient, proven, sage wisdom 
on navigating the race of life well. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with who Paul is, he's probably the, most, the second to Jesus, the most influential figure in the Christian faith. He planted more than 12 years. He lived when Jesus was alive and um, after Jesus had died and risen. He uh, planted 12 years in uh, 12 churches in his lifetime. He's what's called an apostle. He traveled around supporting, planting, and helping lead churches. Uh, he authored more books in the Bible than any other author in the Bible. And still, uh, about 2,000 years later, he is much loved, much quoted and much studied and spoken about individual. He is hugely influential and someone we should definitely listen to when he speaks uh, or rather when he writes. And so when we want to learn about investments, right, who do we go to? We go to Warren Buffett. He is the pro. When you want to learn about rugby, who do we go to? We go to our much-loved Rassi Erasmus. When you want to learn about living life with vision, with purpose, with direction, and uh, by the way, many other things too, but when you want to learn about that stuff, we go to the Apostle Paul. He's a guy who had a clear vision for his life, and he lived it out to the full. So let's have a look at a small excerpt from a letter that Paul wrote to a guy called Timothy. They were partners in ministry. Uh, he was one of his successors. He was a younger guy. They almost had like a father-son relationship, Paul to Timothy. And this is just before Paul dies. He writes this second letter to Timothy. And this is what it says. We're going to be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 6 to 8. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Here we go. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. And so here's a very brief summary of that scripture. Paul's writing, he says, Timothy, as I stand here near the end of my life and I look back, I'm deeply satisfied because I've completed the course, I've completed the race that was set before me. Timothy, do the same. And so back to our analogy, life is like an adventure race. And here's what we need to exceed, uh, succeed in our life's adventure race. And this year that is before us, the race that is before us this year, this is what we need to succeed. That we could stand at the end and look back with the same kind of deep satisfaction and joy and contentment uh, that the Apostle Paul had in his heart. Knowing that we have completed this section of the race successfully. This is what we need. We need a vision. We need support. We need a map. And we need resources. This week, we're going to have a closer look at the very first essential, and that is a vision. And this leads all the others. This is a crucial one. None of those guys in the Eco Challenge would have even taken part in that race if there wasn't a defined finish line that they could get to and know that they had conquered the race, they had conquered this challenge, and they were uh, finishers of this incredibly tough race. And so that's what we're going to start with this week, looking at a clear vision. And then next week, we'll drill down into those next three essentials that really help to undergird and to get us to that vision. It's almost more of the how-tos um, in terms of getting to a vision. We'll look at those next week. Just before we jump into and unpack this thing of a clear vision a little bit further, I'd love us to take a pause 
and I'd love you to turn to whoever is next to you and around you watching with you, or maybe it's on a digital platform, you're tuned in with a few people, get together now and answer this question together. Here it is. If there was one thing that I could guarantee would happen in my life this year, what would it be? If there was one thing that I could guarantee would happen in my life this year, what would it be? Go for it. I hope you guys had some good discussions around that question. And so let's dive into the first essential, a clear vision. This is the first essential to successfully navigating uh, the race of life this year and, in fact, into the future. And so if we look back to that scripture we read where Paul was writing to Timothy, the question begs is, how could Paul so confidently assert in his letter to Timothy that, that he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have remained faithful? Well, I believe it's because all along, Paul had a clear personal vision in his mind of where he was going, where his life was going. He had a destination in mind. He had a preferred future in his mind and in his heart that he was pursuing, a clear personal vision. And so what was this vision that Paul was pursuing? Well, if we read some of his letters, his 13 of them in the New Testament that he wrote, we get a pretty good idea of what he gave his life to. And it was this, basically, in essence, to share the good news about Jesus Christ with non-Jews as often as he could and as far afield as he could. You see, Paul had caught a vision of who this incredible man, Jesus, is. He had a burning uh, vision, uh, direction, passion in his heart to tell everybody about Jesus, to share this incredible personal encounter and experience that he had had with Jesus himself, how Jesus had come to earth, how God had become man in the person of Jesus, how he had lived this perfect life, died on the cross, a death that, that Paul deserved to die, that we all deserve to die. Jesus died it for us, um, and then he rose again, uh, three days later, back to life, conquering sin and death, and then ascended up to the right hand of the Father, where he sits today. And, and Paul had caught a vision of this, and he had been made right with God because of what Jesus had done, and he wanted everyone else to also be able to experience that and live in the joy and the freedom and the life that that brings. He wanted the good news, the gospel about Jesus Christ to be shared far afield in the area that he lived. And he had managed to do that. He had reached his vision. He had got to the end of his life being able to say, yes, I have done that. I've shared the good news about Jesus far afield, as far as I could and as often as I could. I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith or I have remained faithful. And he had. And he looked back at the end of his life as he penned this letter to Timothy with a deep sense of contentment, joy, satisfaction that he had run the race that was marked out for him. And he sat there and he knew that he was going to receive the prize from Jesus himself, the reward for running his race of faith and remaining faithful, the reward to be with his best friend, his his. Uh, dearest lover Jesus forever, eternally, the greatest reward he could ever desire. He had reached the end and he had been given the prize. 
what a joy. And so he was deeply, deeply satisfied. But that didn't just happen by chance, right? Paul had made an effort in his life to discover the vision, the personal vision and direction for his life. He had pursued, he had sought out, he had prayed, he had asked God, where do you want me to go? What do you want with my life? And then he had uh, taken it upon himself to pursue that day in and day out. And we read about that in the Bible. And so the question might, you might be asking is, well, what exactly is a personal vision? Uh, vision is kind of this big term. It gets thrown around. It gets used in all kinds of spaces and in all kinds of ways. But basically, personal vision is this. It's a mental picture of what you hope your life will look like. Uh, one well-known author put it quite helpfully for me when he was describing vision and kind of personal vision. He said this, vision entails looking beyond what is and describing what could be, and in some cases, what should be. He then goes on to say this, vision is a clear picture of what could be, fueled by a conviction that it should be. And so I ask you this morning, what personal vision do you have for this year, for your life? What are you aiming at? What could be, and maybe perhaps should be, in your life and through your life this year. Some might be thinking and saying, but Bates, I'm not the vision type. I'm not this kind of big dreamer type. You know, that all kind of sounds rather official and maybe even a bit businessy, quite rigid. I kind of prefer to just take it as it comes and go with the flow, you know, and just take it easy and see where life takes me. Why do I need a personal vision? And I would say this to you. I would tell you that Deep down, every single one of us knows, knows that we want and desires a personal vision, a direction for our lives. Deep down, we desire for our lives to count. We desire to live for something more than kind of just the mundane every days. We desire to leave a good legacy. Deep down, we all know that a visionless life is not truly living. It's just, just kind of existing and getting by day by day. We really all want our lives to count for something more than just getting by and being uh, day by day. And that's where a personal clear vision, uh, a clear personal vision comes in. It helps to answer that question. It helps to direct us to achieve this, to have that deep down satisfaction when we look back on our lives at the end we have the satisfaction that we have run the race that was set out before us a personal a clear personal vision helps to mark that out for us and helps us to achieve that it gives us it helps us get purpose and vision um, and meaning in our lives and so the question is this will we run in this race of life as those who are heading towards a defined finish line, we know where we're going, or will we just kind of wonder and be influenced and pushed around by anyone and listen to anyone's voice to tell us where we should go next? Or will we run with purpose in a direction in our lives? I wonder, will we come to the end of this year and, and think to ourselves, what could have been this year? Maybe even what should have been this year. Maybe we might even wonder, did my life count at all this year? 
That's the beauty of a clear personal vision. It helps us to know that we're on a direction somewhere so we can look back with deep contentment in our hearts as we reflect on our lives. As we think about vision and uh, personal vision, we can have more than one vision. In all the kind of facets of our lives, we will have different visions for those. Perhaps it's for our uh, personal finance. Perhaps it's for the relationships in our lives. Perhaps uh, it's for our engagement in work. Um, in all these different areas, we will have kind of what I call smaller visions for those aspects of our lives. But certainly, those all fit into and come underneath one bigger overarching vision for our lives. Uh, if you're a Christ follower listening in this morning, I would suggest that every one of you has at least one major overarching vision in your life. And it can be said in various ways, but here's a stab at it. Uh, here it is. This is the vision that you do have that, that's been given to you by God through the scriptures for your life, an overarching vision. Here it is. It's to flourish in loving union with Jesus and to share his love with others. That's a vision, an overarching vision that you can embrace for your life. If you're a Christ follower, to grow, to flourish in loving union with Jesus and to share his love with others. And the beauty of this vision is that we don't so much create it and kind of come up with it as much as we discover it in the Bible, in the scriptures that God has given us. And so the beauty of a vision like this is that it's given to us by God, from God. We don't have to come up with it. We don't have to make it up. We don't have to try and sustain it and keep all the plates spinning. He helps us to do that. It's in line with his will for our lives and he blesses it. He empowers it. He strengthens us. He helps us to get there and to reach this vision. To start well in any race, to finish well in any race, to keep going strong in any race, and especially the race of life, we need to have the end in mind. We need to have a direction, a vision where we are heading. We need to know where we are going. You see, all of us are going to end up somewhere. That's a fact of life. All of us are going to end up somewhere. Some of us will end up there on purpose. Where are you headed this year? What's the personal vision for your life? Where is your race going this year? I'd love you to just sit with those questions and think about them in this week to come and uh, perhaps even pray into some of those questions. Next week, I'm going to be looking at uh, the three essentials to try and help us fulfill our personal vision. Really excited to unpack those. The first one is we need support. We need a map. And I'm going to be looking at something called the rule of life. Tune in for that. Uh, and then the vital resources that we need to really get us through uh, to finish successfully and to run the race of life and the race of this year well. Here's a personal challenge I'd love to leave with all of you that you can all do uh, this week. The first one uh, is this, or rather there's kind of two elements to it. The first part is this, ask yourself, what is my vision for 2021? And I want to encourage you to write it down. Someone once said, an idea not written down is actually just a wish. Once it's down on paper, it starts to become a vision uh, that is, we are able to achieve and pursue. So ask yourself the question, what is my vision for 2021? Then ask a friend or someone close to you or a spouse or someone, uh, anyone close to you, what is their vision for 2021? 
So that's the first part. What is our vision for 2021? And then secondly, kind of in preparation for next week's sermon, I'd love you to take a stab at answering this question. Ask yourself, if you've got a vision, how are you planning to achieve your vision? What's your plan to achieve that vision, to reach that vision? And then again, same other side of the coin, ask uh, someone close to you, a friend, a spouse, whoever, what is their plan to achieve their vision for the year? When we get to the end of this year, to the end of 2021, and uh, we look back, what will you say about 2021? Will you know whether it's been a successful year or not? Will you have a deep abiding satisfaction that you completed this section of your race in life well? Without vision, we will come to the end of our lives and we'll wonder what could have been. We'll wonder what should have been. We might even wonder if our lives counted at all. What a tragedy. Vision drastically, on the positive side, vision drastically increases the odds that we'll look back on our lives with a deep, abiding satisfaction that we've completed the race that was marked out for us. And we will, together with the Apostle Paul, we will confidently be able to say that we did it that we were successful, that we finished the race and we finished it well and then our lives counted. Clear personal vision is crucial in running the race of life well and getting to the end of it full of satisfaction and contentment and joy, awaiting the reward that is there for us, the prize at the end of the race, eternity with Jesus. Let me close in prayer for us. This morning, let's close our eyes. Thank you, God, that you're good and gracious and that you have made a way for us to get to know you, to be able to pursue you and follow you with all our lives. And God, to live for something more than just what we see around us. Thank you, God, that your vision for our lives is so much grander than ours. God, help us to pursue your vision for our lives. As each of us ask ourselves that question this week, as we ask those around us, as we even try and plan uh, to pursue a vision that you've given us, God, would you give us clarity? Would we be able to listen to you and hear you and be able to live this year well for your glory? In Jesus' name, amen. See you all again next week. Really excited to unpack some of the rest of these essentials with you and for us all to run this race of life, this race of 2021 well. See you all next week.